Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Wow, did not see this coming. Congratulations to the Chicago Bulls. We had to pull out the big shooter, Sam Smith, Bulls.com, coming our Coming right up to talk about Billy Donovan. Congratulations to Arcurist Kanishevis, the Bulls Executive Vice President of Basketball, luring Billy Donovan to Chicago. Philly was in there. Indiana was reportedly in there. A lot of teams would have been in there in the future. But Billy Donovan, the best coach available, coming to the Bulls. He was a National Basketball Coaches Association co-coach of the year this year with Mike Budenholzer. This is a game changer. Straight game changer. Not necessarily that you don't need talent to win in the NBA because, of course, you do, and the Bulls don't have enough of it, and they need to add on to it. But they do have more talent than they've shown, and they also have been injured and all that. We'll discuss that with Sam. But I just look at it like this. You went out and got the best coach available. You certainly didn't do that when you hired Jim Boylan, and you didn't do it when you hired Fred Hoiberg, but you did it here. And Billy Donovan impressed the hell out of me this year. You trade off Russell Westbrook. You bring in Chris Paul. And the Thunder are the biggest surprise in the Western Conference, and they nearly advanced in the playoffs. That is the sign of a good coach. He took KD and Russell and then Russell and now Chris Paul, two championships in college. The dude can coach. The Bulls have themselves a coach. It's a good day. Let's discuss it with a man who's been covering this team for 30-plus years, one of my favorites, Sam Smith, right now on the Windy City Podcast. P.S. Bring back Joakim Noah. Let's have the Florida Donovan Bulls City reunion. All right, now, Sam Smith. Showtime. It's Pierce. Simmons fights through a screen. And Paul Pierce has just fallen out of the game. All right, Sam Smith, does this change the arc of the Chicago Bulls franchise? I'm very excited. I feel like you might talk me down a little bit here, but what do you think? Well, it changes in the sense they have a coach now. I think that's that's a positive. Um <laughs> Which they didn't have a coach, I'm just saying, since the firing of Jim Boylan. Billy Donovan's a professional coach. I, I think part, part of the discussion about hiring was, you know, do you hire someone again, you know, who, who's inexperienced, you know, which didn't work out with Fred Hoiberg and Jim Boylan, but did with Tom Thibodeau, you know, inexperienced in the sense of never having coached an NBA team before, or someone experienced. You know, like Scott Skiles, I think was the and the Bulls haven't don't have a big history of hiring coaches who coached before. You know, Skiles was you know was good when he was hired, and you know Billy Donovan is is a credible, uh, successful NBA coach. Got a, like a sixty percent winning percentage. Now he's had good players. He's actually had a top five MVP I think on his team every year he's coached in the NBA. You know, but has, has you know was a very successful college coach, as we know, won two titles with Joe Kim Noah at Florida. Well liked by players, you know, credible. If you're looking of the landscape, I think the question would be: Did you want to take a chance with somebody new, you know, an assistant coach somewhere, 
or go with someone experienced, and there really weren't a whole lot of experience, you know, guys other than some of the guys who've been recently released, you know, uh, Nate McMillan, Atkinson. You know, I, th- I think you have to say that, it, you know, it's one of the, the top choices. How do you think they got this done? Because if I'm Billy Donovan and the Sixers are interested, I know if, you know if I don't get a job this year, I'll get one next year. And I get it. It's Chicago, Michael, history of the franchise. But I don't look at the roster, Sam, and think these guys are studs. That's just me. I mean, I think maybe they can be a decent team, a 500 club. But I'm curious, in your mind, why do you think he's picked Chicago when a guy like that's going to have a lot of options? Well, I think maybe he looked at it and said, look, I'm not going to allow Mark Carmen's negative views about the Bulls influence me. <laughs> you know, I, actually, I think, it's, I think it's a comfortable fit for him, a better fit, actually, than Oklahoma City, you know, because he came in. One of the things that, you know, I questioned, not so much questioned, but I wondered about it, is I could never figure out what his coaching style was. You know, there wasn't one thing that Oklahoma City ever did. You say, well, okay, Mike D'Antoni, we know they're going to shoot threes, and Tibbs, we're going to be defensive-oriented and all these sort of things. And you looked at Billy Donovan's teams, and you say, well, what, what was it that they did? You know, they didn't particularly shoot a lot of threes. You know, they were a good defensive team, but not a great defensive team. And he had the hardest player to coach in the league. Russell Westbrook is absolutely uncoachable, completely out of control. Yep. Based, you know, based on having watched him all these years, I doubt he ever listened to anything any coach ever told him. You know, great talent, but, you know, just wild. So I, I, I think Billy was somebody who adjusted to what he had. You know, he had Russell, and he, he became an MVP under him. He just let him go. And so I think in some respects, you know, a lot of us think the Bulls were very underachieving with the talent they've got. I think the talent's better than you think it is. And I think maybe he looked at it like, one, it's a team, you know, that I could do better with than they've done. And two, it's some, some team that I could shape a little more and coach, you know, that really hasn't been coached in recent years because of, you know, the turnover, the changes, you know, the injuries. They've had so much a lack of con- uh, continuity that I, I think it is appealing. I mean, frankly, I wouldn't want to go to Philadelphia with Embiid and Simmons fighting. You know, yeah, you have some good players, but again, you're basically saying, okay, what does Simmons want to do? What does Embiid want to do? They don't, they don't appear to respond to any coaching. You know, I think Chicago looked like an appealing situation to him, frankly, and, and, I, and I think it is. It does make sense from that standpoint. Like, look, you're not going to get in a battle with Kobe White. Laurie Markkinen's not going to give you a hard time. Wendell Carter Jr. is uh, going to do what you ask him to do every single night-level player. Zach, the same way. I mean, you're not going to – I mean, Zach's going to maybe shoot the ball a couple times more than you perhaps would want as a head coach. I don't, I don't even know that to be true. Maybe you want him gunning even more. So, and I get it. And actually, to your point, Sam, he probably does look at it differently than me. He probably, and, and I – and I would defer to Billy Donovan, knows a zillion times more basketball than I do, that maybe he does see a team that's on the verge of there's no way that they're they're not at least a 500 basketball team. And if they're that, I'm celebrated. So it's really a no-lose for me, and I actually think we can do even better. And if he can bring somebody here, obviously the big dream is Giannis. Then you forget, can... about, forget about that. Come on. Don't even bring that up. Why? Let's talk about that. That's, that's not happening. That's not, that's not going to happen. 
you know, we've been through that enough to me. I, you know, I, I think if you're a fan, you don't want to fool yourself into thinking ever since the LeBron thing, you know, you've held out this carrot. Whatever Chicago is, positive, negative, whatever, free agents are not coming to these kind of cities, cold weather, you know, northern Midwestern cities. They don't go there. Nobody has gone there. <laughs> and so, you know, if I'm, if I'm Giannis, if I'm, not leaving, if I'm not coming to L.A. or Miami or something, I'm staying in Milwaukee. Why wouldn't I stay in Milwaukee? I got a good team. I got good players. I got the same bad lake weather in the winter. Why do I have to move to get bad lake weather in the winter? I think there's talent, and I think there's an opportunity to get more. I wouldn't want to fool myself into thinking that's going to occur and for myself to be thinking, yeah, let's continue to run in place until we can get the next guy who we haven't gotten. Fair enough. And I'm hoping that Giannis, as far as the overall NBA basketball fan, I hope he stays in Milwaukee. I think he should. I wish more guys would stay with their team and see it through. But there's got to be at least some part of the Bulls hire thinking, well, we are going to be playing the recruiting game. And sure, it's a long shot, but we'd like to have somebody in the coaching seat who might have a little bit of influence. I'm not saying that was like 90% of the reason. Maybe it's like maybe maybe Mike Budenholzer is two-time coach of the year. Sure. I, listen, I, I think there's like 10%. Of, I'm going to get you off this, Mark. I'm going to get you to look at, at, at the players they've got. Okay. Make deals. And look, hey, the Clippers just went and, and basically cashed in the next 10 years for those two guys. It doesn't seem to be working out that well. Okay. Look, Sam. What I'm saying is that's not a panacea. You know, just, and I understand, I, I know, understand the, the value of stars in the NBA, but also. You can develop and grow stars. And, and I think the Bulls, I'm not being overly optimistic, I think they have some talented players, Zach particularly, average 25 points, who, who can start to develop that. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, maybe you got a team like Miami that, you, you know, or Toronto. Toronto doesn't have any stars. they got a lot of good players. They rented Kawhi for a couple of months, and they got to a title. But they're still an awfully good team, and, and we're pretty close to being in the conference finals again without them. Right, and that's the same thing with Jimmy in Miami. I mean, that was nobody thought that the Heat were going to be in the NBA Finals this year, and it looks like that's going to happen. And he's hasn't been a guy that's dominated the basketball in the playoffs, but he's been there when they need that Jimmy Butler level push. So maybe it's a guy like that. I don't know. Listen, I think this is a great thing, Sam. I think you you hired a guy who's in theory. I think rationally, is going to get the most out of the talent you have, whatever that is. And if there are situations where guys might consider coming to Chicago, he's not going to be a negative. These are wins for the Bulls. Are you surprised that they went out and did this? No, I, I, I thought, you know, I think it was out there that, that, you know, when he, you know, he was offered apparently a two-year extension in Oklahoma City, and whatever the circumstances were, you know, I can understand they probably didn't want to invest a lot of money in a coach when they were going to do a rebuilding. And they've got all these draft picks from the Clippers and the Heat for the, like the next five or six years. Uh, and they're going to try to get rid of Chris Paul, you assume. So I don't know if they didn't want to pay for that or he didn't want to be involved in that. I can understand it both ways. But once he became available, his name immediately became a finalist. You know, I think he's a. I think he's a finalist for the Indiana job. I think he's a finalist for the Philadelphia job because you know there just aren't a lot of experienced coaches with winning records available. You know, Atkinson's name has come up, and 
and everything. And and then looks like he did a nice job with the Nets, but he was only there a year or two. Billy Donovan was five years, you know, 60% winning percentage, you know, 20 years in Florida championships. I mean, he's got, you know, in USA basketball a couple of times. So he's got a very impressive resume. You know, I assume he went to the top of the list. And like you mentioned before, you said, you know, because, you know, since you don't like Chicago, unlike me, you know, you, would, you, you looked at it in a negative and said, well, why would he want to come to Chicago? And I look at it like, you know, this is, this is a great opportunity, potentially. You know, it, it's sort of untapped, you know, that you can do a lot better and look a lot better and find a team to mold. So I think it was appealing to him initially. And I think from the Bulls standpoint, and I think it's, it's a, you know, it's a credit, obviously I read on the Bulls website, but I, I do think it's a credit to them, given all the circumstances, they went out and got probably, you know, the coach who was going to demand the biggest contract and who had the most experience of everybody. And that's who they, they went out and got. So I, you know, I think that speaks well of it, at least, I don't know, I, don't, I can't guarantee it'll work, but I think it speaks well at least of what they're trying to do. Yeah. I think exactly. I think it's a huge feather in the cap of our tourist Karnishevas and Mark Eversley and Jerry Reinsdorf and John Paxson and Benny the Bull and whoever else you want to name, Sam Smith at Sam, at Bulls.com. This is all, I understand you're not uh, making these decisions, Sam. It's a, I think it's great for the franchise. F- fantastic. And I'm taking offense, Sam, to your comment that I'm not pro-Chicago. <laughs> I was there when Ricky it's, Sobers it's always, was running around. It's, uh, it's always a good to try to put the interviewer on the defensive. <laughs> Listen, I was, I, and I don't, I shouldn't have to defend here, Sam Smith, but I was there when Ricky Sobers was running around. I remember uh, the A train. I was here for Kyle Macy in the backcourt alongside MJ when he scored 63 in the garden. Damn it. So listen, I love, I love this team. They're my number one so team. You were, you're the one taking credit for running all those guys out of Chicago, huh? You know what, MJ, <laughs> you know what, MJ should be proud somewhere right now as he's going into NASCAR, which is a pretty cool thing that he's doing. It's a good day for the franchise, period, end of story. Let me put you on the spot on this one, Sam. How many ga- How many? and I know you can't answer this, we haven't had a draft, free agency hasn't happened, all that, but how many games do you think they win next year, if there is a next year? Are they in the playoffs? Well, since I predicted them to make the playoffs last season, you don't, <laughs> it doesn't matter what I, what I predict, because <laughs> I've, been, I've been vastly wrong. They should have been in that level where Brooklyn and Orlando was, and obviously, you know, you, the, the excuses. And, I mean, it did have a lot of guys get hurt again. You know, Carter and Markin, and you know, basically missed half the and done. They didn't miss half the season practically. So, you know, a lot of guys weren't there, and whatever the circumstances and the change. And but I think this next season is not going to be a lot of. You know, other than the coach, they'll have a draft pick. I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of change because, you know, they're filled up on salary. They, there is no free agent room to have room for, a, you know, an exception, which, you know, which is a nice contract for me, maybe not you, but $8 million a year, you know, is, is, is not, you can get a decent player. You know, but they still have a filled roster with guys with another year, Otto Porter, Ted Young, Sadoransky. You know, so I, I think this year is going to be sort of, a continuation of, well, let's see what we've got. They're not going to make any, any predictions this time because they kept, everybody kept throwing that in their face. So I think it's going to be, you know, let's see how good we can do. And they're good enough to be competitive with a lot of these teams. Look, when we went into this season, you would never have said Miami, you know, playing basically two or three starting rookies, guys 
the kid from Illinois, Kendrick. You know, they were guys starting for them that, that other teams, had passed, everybody in the league had passed on. And credit to them, they've done a great job. So I think the point is you can make a move in either conference. The West is not so great either. And that you can get up into contention. Yeah. And I, so I think that's what they're going to do as a first step to say, okay, let's, let's get our players competing and then see what we've got and then see and go from there and figure out who to move on from and what we need to add. It's a fair point. Look, nobody thought Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and Bam Adebayo were going to be Exactly. You're spot on. I no one saw that. I was you know, are the Heat going to even make the playoffs was a larger conversation. I would I would believe not in the playoffs before I would have said they're in the finals. That's for sure. So, sure. Okay. Hey, I got I got a request for you, Sam. Kobe White. I just had him on, on the podcast two days ago. He wants to play point guard. Let the dude play point guard. Enough. He played one year of college basketball. He's six feet tall. Enough with the off guard Kobe White stuff. I think Donovan's going to give him the ball and let him go. Am I, are you are you with me? Well, he's already started one game at point guard. How much does he really want? <laughs> no, I yeah no, I think that's pretty apparent even even if they uh were to draft the point guard you know Lonzo Ball or uh Halliburton uh guy from France uh even if they were I don't I don't know that they would but even if they were you know I think the NBA pretty clear now is the definition of a point guard has changed if you look at all the guys who playing point guard they're not point guards you know Donovan Mitchell plays point guard Jamal Murray plays point guard. LeBron plays point exactly. guard. Exactly. Uh, exactly. plays point You know, so basically, basically all these scores play point guard now in the NBA. And, you know, and, uh, scoring's increased. Outside shooting's increased. And so, you know, Portland has had this model with uh, Lillard and McCullough for several years, and they were in the conference finals a couple of years ago. I think we just bring it up because it's a question. I, I, I think it's long answered that he and Zach are going to be the starting backcourt. Well, unless, like you say, unless they trade for Giannis, who, by the way, plays point guard. They, they, they could make an interesting package for Giannis, and anyone, really, if, if you wanted to go that route. And maybe the best deal that could be out there. I don't know if, it hold, it would, if the Bucks would even remotely consider doing something like that. But let's just say, for, hypothetically, hey, we'll give you Markinen, White, and Wendell, and a draft pick. Who's who's coming up with yeah, the best? I think maybe they would. I think maybe they would say we we might give you Chris Middleton for that. <laughs> okay, I'm in on that but deal. Let's not forget that the NBA really put the Bulls in a bad position and hurt the team dramatically by not allowing them to come to Orlando because they basically said, in effect, these eight teams are the second are the second unit. So the Bulls have to you know have to work themselves up from that. Adam Silver doing that was really damaging to those eight teams. Not Golden State, you know, they have the injuries and Curry and Thompson will be back. But those other seven teams, value of their players has been diminished because the league looks at them like, well, you know, you guys, the league wouldn't even let you come play in Orlando. So that was unfair to those franchises, really. It was almost like saying, you know, if you're out of the playoffs in March, you guys can go home. You know, who does that? And that's another reason why I don't think they're going to, be making any moves because their players have been artificially devalued. They're better than the league views them now, uh, and they'll have to go start playing again to show that. Yeah. Bizarre times for sure. And the biggest negative to not going to the bubble is Jim Boylan would have gotten a chance, Sam, to show, 
Arturis and company, how good of a coach he was. Can we wrap up on that, actually? What what was Jim's biggest failing? Uh, it, it, it was just a bad time. You know, it was a, it was a transition. The guy took over in midseason. Guys had gotten hurt. You know, I, th- I, th- I think he tried to do what he was asked to do, and he had things stacked against him. And so I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, uh, jump on Boylan for what occurred. I, I, I think any number of coaches, given the circumstances, would have had difficulty, you know, with the transition. But and I think management, in effect, said that by saying, "Well, we're getting, you know, we're changing management. We're going to have our tourists, you know, take over, and he hired a new GM." And so they're saying the direction we were heading was not fair, you know, for a lot of circumstances. And so. People put give too much credit for coaches, and they and put too much blame on coaches. And I would not blame what happened in the last year with the Bulls on on Boylan. I said that on many occasions. Like, look, if they had Phil Jackson or Red Auerbach or whoever you want to pick out, Pat Riley, I don't think the Bulls were winning an NBA championship with that roster. But you also think that there's some some greater level of talent here. We'll we'll see what happens here in 2020-2021. Actually, Sam, I lied. Let's just wrap up with this. Have you ever in your life seen Michael Jordan stand in the lane and not go for the basketball with two seconds left down one and let somebody else shoot a jump shot? And then uh, allegedly we're going to start saying that that guy's better than the greatest player to ever play anything. I find it very offensive, Sam. Well, we know we're never going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But if you would watch LeBron over his entire career, He's never, you know, as great as he is, and I have great admiration for him. I think he's a great, great player, but he has never wanted the ball at the end of the game and has never wanted to go to the free throw line. And historically, has been a bad free throw shooter and gets embarrassed, you can tell. And yes, he has always run away from the ball at the end of the game, but, you know, he gets you, he gets you there where somebody can finish the game for you. He's finished several, you know, he's made a lot of big shots. But he doesn't want to do that. And um, like you saw, I mean, I forget the kid's name who, you know, took a three right before that. You know, there's, there's a lot of luck. And, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of guys like that. He gives other guys a chance. You know, Michael, some guys didn't like that. They didn't get a chance at the end of the game. You know, and we, we often attribute that, that, you know, that special level to the guy who wants to be a finisher. You know, but LeBron is essentially, you know, the way he's his narrative of that has been, I'm making the right play and I'm making it harder for the defense because they can't load up on me. So, you know, he's got his story and he's sticking to it. But <laughs> no, you're right. He is never. He doesn't want to be. He doesn't want to do that at the end of the game. But he's still an amazing, amazing player and one of the best, you know, to ever play. But. Yeah, even if he finished and made that last shot, were you going to say he's better than Jordan? Of course not, because I watched Jordan's career, but... So stop picking on him. Oh, Sam. I miss you, (laughs) Sam Smith. I really do. You know this, right? Oh, yeah. No, I I don't think you do, because I haven't heard from you since March. Well, you know... We keep that between ourselves. No, no, no. Now I'm going to start calling once a week just to check in on you and see how things are going, because I... I, I, no, but let, let me explain to you. Nobody in my family has called me since March. So <laughs> it's just, just kind of this state I live in. Sam, you're kind of cover Billy Donovan when we have basketball. Th- thanks for being on to Wendy. I appreciate it. Yeah, see you in 2021. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. 
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.